Welcome to episode 26 of Christian Universe Podcast. My name is Kareem, I am your host, and today we're going to be diving into Mark 1. We are actually joined today, not by just me, but by a good friend of mine, Jelani Richards, and um, I'm going to let him tell himself, tell us a little about himself. Jelani? Hi everyone, so my name is Jelani. I am 19 years old. Um, I'm in my freshman year of college. Um, like my hobbies, I like to, you know, play guitar and sing, and I like Legos at the age of 19, but it's okay. Yeah, so those are just some things about me. That's okay. I like Legos too. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's good. Um, Jelani and I, we go back to AAA, which is where I go to school right now. We met. For me, I met him freshman year. Well, before freshman year. We officially met freshman year, pretty much. Or sophomore year. Um, But I noticed Jelani and his brother um, when they sang at a academy day. So it was a very moving experience. And from then on, we've basically been friends and kept in contact and stuff. And like he said, he's a freshman in college. So, the man is a busy man. So, first off, yeah. thank you for Very joining us. Um, like I said earlier, we're going to be discussing Mark 1 in its entirety. Um, this is going to be the first part of it, and then the next part will come out on a later date. Um, so, let's say a word of prayer, and we're going to dive straight into it. Heavenly Gracious Father, I want to thank you for this opportunity to spread your word with others, dear God. I want to thank you for the blessings that you have given to us, dear God. Thank you for allowing Jelani to accept this call, and thank you for giving him the urge to accept this call, dear God. Allow us to learn something new for each other, and also help your children out there in the world to learn something new. Bless us and keep us, dear God, and help us to bring people closer to you. In your name I do pray. Amen. 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 All right. So, like I said, for the third time, um, we're talking about Mark 1. And Mark 1, it starts out by taking it all the way back to Isaiah. It starts off verses 1 to 8, basically sets the scene of what's going to happen with um, in within Mark 1. And just a little backstory. Mark is one of the four Gospels. Um, that are known to give the story of Jesus Christ, who is the person that we believe to be our savior and the person that is to come back and make our lives better for them, make our lives great for the better. Um, so without further ado, I'll start with that. Um, verses one to eight, it says, and this, what I'm reading is a summary of what I've read in the actual Bible. And it says, Isaiah is basically speaking about Jesus. He's talking about how he is the son of God and the Messiah. He um, says that there will be a messenger sent ahead of Jesus to prepare the way. We are then introduced to John the Baptist, who is preaching the word of God and telling people about Jesus. And, well, not directly. They were He was telling them about someone that would come after him. But from our alliteration and stuff we know that it is Jesus um he was telling them about Jesus and how 
he is not even worthy to stoop down and untie his shoes. Then he shares with them in the last verse that he shares, he's, he baptizes them with water, but Jesus will baptize them with the spirit. And, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to pause there because, you know, that's the first, that's the first like major part of the Bible or of that chapter where we're introduced to John the Baptist, who is one of the main characters of Jesus's life. Because um, it was Mary and her sister um, who was, what was her name? What was her sister's name? Again? Well, Elizabeth, I think it was her cousin. Ah. Uh, Elizabeth, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. they were pregnant around the same time. We don't know if they were pregnant at the same time, but they were pregnant pregnant around that time. And they, during their pregnancy, they spent a lot of time together. Um, and I've heard, I don't know if it's biblically backed up or if there's like any evidence, but I've heard that um, they, they were drawn to each other, not just because they were family, but because of their children within their womb. They felt drawn to one another. They felt like they were called to be close to one another. And um, something that I found very interesting about that, and I found it like, like I don't believe in coincidences. Um, I feel like everything that happens is God's planning. So I don't find it a coincidence. I find it a part of the plan. Um And I was like, what happened here is probably that Jesus said, well, God said, well, I'm sending my son to earth. Let's get someone at least within his circle to be preparing the way for him. And um, because he could have used anyone, honestly, he could have called somebody out of Jerusalem, out of of, um, Mm -hmm. Bethlehem. He could have called somebody from Canaan to come and share the word, but he called his cousin which was right there literally they basically grew up together right there and um i feel like that was something that was planned it was promised to happen um any thoughts that you want to share yes um from verse six of the john mark one um it shows that like john the baptist came from he was he came from humble beginnings like he wasn't some kind of rich man. Like it says, John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. Now, thinking about that, that sounds kind of disgusting, right? I mean, yep. yeah, it sounds kind of gross. Um, but it just shows that like God can use anyone. Um, and I think that like John's like his life purpose was to prepare the way for his cousin to um, just save the world, um, and. Um, a part, something I want to point out is like, like every part of the Bible, especially the New Testament, like can be applied to our life now in 2023. Yep. Um, so we, so as we know, John the Baptist was, you know, preparing the way for Jesus. Um, and we as Christians should always be preparing the way for Jesus because, um, we know that his return is soon and that, um, the things in this world that we see happening, uh, especially like recently, just really confirming, you know, that um, Jesus is coming soon and that we need to be preparing and letting everyone know that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, you know, that's just like one thing I want to point out. I agree with you on that, um, especially that part, especially when you started off about the um, that he came from humble beginnings, because um, 
and I want to start. I'm going to start there, and then I'll get to the end of your statement. Um, I did this study, kind of, kind of, sort of. I was, I was looking over it, and when I presented it to you about it, um, I decided to take it to like my mom and like to our Bible study group that we were having. And when I, when while we were studying, I realized that John the Baptist was basically today's homeless man. He came mm. out of the wilderness wrapped in camel's skin, eating locusts and flies. He's basically homeless. That man is dressed like he's yeah. homeless. So it's so I was like, if John the Baptist was here today, would we give him the time of day? Because we'd be passing these know. homeless people like they're nobodies. So would we give... Because mm-hmm. I lived in New York for about five years. And you would always... We'd always hear the people on the train yelling about the second coming yelling about how the f- a flood is coming and fire and all that stuff of course for us we knew it so we didn't stop to give them the time of day because we knew what they were saying and we had already gotten our hearts and our minds set on god but if we weren't would we give even that we don't even give them the time of day would we give john the baptist the time of day back then right yeah that being said i'm sure that at the beginning of his ministry, he probably didn't have like a lot of people like, like just wanting to hear what he had to say. There were probably people just like ignoring him, you know? Mm, and yeah. he's human, so I imagine that must have been difficult, you know? I agree. Um, and just like to always say the same thing over and over again and people not listen to you. Like, it's like um, Noah in the Old Testament in Genesis. Yep. He was preaching the um, well, he was telling about, about the flood and that it was coming, and no one was listening to him. So it was just like, it was like really, you know, unbelievable people, and it can be really <laughs> frustrating to like have nobody say anything or like pay any mind to you, you know? Yeah, it really can be, and um, but I'm glad, and this is what I'm about to say is based off of the movies that I'm watching, the TV shows that I'm watching, what I can infer about what happened, um. I'm really glad that people did end up deciding to get baptized and actually listen to what he was saying. Um, But to move on is that, um, oh, verses verses 9 to 13. Sorry about that. My mind just went blank. Verses 9 to 13, um, if you don't mind reading it, because right now I just have synapses, so you could just go ahead and read that. Okay, yeah, I'll read it. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Um, this, like, it says, um, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. So, like, this is, like, a really interesting, like, verse. Like, especially that phrase in verse 11. Like, isn't that what we want to hear from Jesus um, when he... Isn't that what we want to hear from him? Like, literally, my beloved son, you know? Yep. Um, so, I always in my life try to find ways to serve God um, because, like, he's our only source of life and our only way to heaven. Um, also, something really interesting, um, like, verse 12, it says, 
immediately the spirit drove him into wilderness. So I'm like, so like, how can we apply that to our lives? Like, like being like led into the wilderness to be tempted, and then he obviously overcame it. But just like, how to, can you apply like this? That part, the spirit drove him into the wilderness. You know, it's really that's a good question. That's a very good question. Um, and there are times. Um, I think it was when Jabari was preaching. Um, he talked about he, his whole sermon was basically not questioning the Holy Spirit and just stepping into your purpose. Okay. And I think that's what it is because the Holy Spirit. Um, people always say that we have a we have this little voice in our head that's telling us right from wrong and all this kind of stuff. And I feel like that's the Holy Spirit and the demon or whatever you want to call it. You know, because yeah, there's but, always two sides. Yeah, there's an angel yeah. and. And God has, mm-hmm. God has sent down the Holy Spirit to be our comforter as his disciples. So it's like, I feel like the side that's telling us to do good, telling us to go and disciple, um, that's the Holy Spirit. And we just got to listen to it. It's like um, someone had asked me, Kareem, why are you a Christian? I was like, honestly, I can't really answer that question. I'm still figuring it out. I know I'm a Christian because I grew up in the Christian church and I've fallen in love with God and I've seen what he has done. But I can't convert you to Christianity because I'm still figuring out my side of Christianity and how I can yeah. bring others to him. Mm-hmm. So that's like, also, go ahead. Sorry. Also, like faith is a big mm-hmm. part of it. It's like the foundation of Christianity. Yep. So it's like you have to have some kind of faith, but it's also like you have to experience God to have that faith, you know. But like with our like Christianity, um, we all have to have our own relationship because it's not our parents' relationship that's gonna bring us to heaven. It's ours. So. That's so true. That's what really important. I was just about to get into that faith part because, um, and that's what I told him. I was like, honestly, I can't answer that question for you because their question wasn't really why am I a Christian. They were like is Seventh-day Adventism the correct religion to follow? And I was like, that's not really a question that I can answer for you. I follow Seventh-day Adventism because it's the closest thing to what the Bible has says that we're supposed to live. And they were like, okay, but that doesn't help me. I was like, think of it this way. God in his Bible has said that he has sheep of many fold, which means that of every religion, he has children within them. Right. At the same time, he also expects us when we learn something new to follow that because that is what he's going to judge us based on. Not what we don't know. He's not going to he's going to judge us on what we know, not what we don't know. So if I tell you that the seventh day is the Sabbath and not to do this and not to do that, but you decide to be a Muslim, then that's on you when God comes, because, you know, the seventh day is the Sabbath. You know you're not supposed to be eating certain things that the Muslim might be eating. So it's on you when God comes. But And I was like, you just got to step out in faith, honestly, man. You just got to step out in faith and pray consistently. Prayer is like the only thing that you really need when it comes to following God. Faith and prayer. Yeah, that's true. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, it's Yeah, it's really difficult, you know. But for me personally, like... Just the existence of the world is already like just proof of like the existence of God and just like the, like human beings and like our 
intricate workings inside of us. Just like, it just proves the existence of God, but it also takes faith. Yep. Um, I don't know if you've have you ever heard of the Big Bang Theory? Oh not yes. Like, not like the actual theory, but like the TV show, The Big Bang Theory. Oh yeah, yes, I have heard. Of that. Yeah. So there's this spinoff. Well, not really a spinoff, but kind of that surfaced like about three years ago called Young Sheldon. And in this series, I'm sure you've seen it on TikTok because it's been pretty popular recently. I think I may have sent you this yeah. video too. I I watched that show religiously. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good show. I will not lie. It, yeah, keep, like it, it keeps I you like on it. your toes. It it's really the guy. The kid is really smart, so I like it. I watch yeah. it too. Um, mm-hmm. And in it, there's this episode where his mother is basically questioning her faith in God. Because mm-hmm. if you watch the show, then you know that she's yeah. a Christian. She goes to church, mm-hmm. and she was basically yeah. and he was basically questioning, and he went to her and was like, "Let's go to church." And her question was, "You're an atheist. Why are you pushing me to go to church?" And he came back with an answer I never thought he would ever say. As an atheist, I never thought he would say this. He said, "Do you ever realize that?" Gravity is exactly as powerful as it needs to be. If it was just a little bit more, we would get sucked into the sun. And if it was just a little less, we would fly all over the universe. That alone proves that the universe could not create itself. And then he brought up this point about how... Then he attacked the church. But, you know, we'll we'll talk about that another time when we talk about (laughs) Jesus attacking the church. Because, um... I was listening to this preacher the other day and well, it was a clip of him, his sermon. And he was basically saying that if Jesus was to step into the church today, a lot of us would leave the church. Oh yes. I I was like, and I was like, at first I was like, what do you mean by that? But then he was like, (laughs) as a matter of fact, that's what I'm going to preach today. I'm going to preach the Jesus that got him killed. The Jesus Mm -hmm. that got him hated. And I was like, now I see what you're talking about. You're talking about that Jesus that spoke the truth without any water in his mouth, quote unquote. Didn't hold right, anything right. back. He let them know what it is and what they're messing up on. And that's basically what young Sheldon did. He let the church know how they messed up and he held no water in his mouth. And that's what Jesus wants us to do as his children. He doesn't want us to bash. He doesn't want us to make people feel bad, but he doesn't. As Christians, as Seventh-day Adventists especially, we like to proclaim that we are God's children and we are trying to bring people closer to him. But if you're going to look over your own flaws and then call out those same flaws in another person, you're not really doing what God has called you to do. That's why I said to look in your eyes before you go to another Mm -hmm. person's eyes. Exactly. Um, And the Jews in Jesus' time were very like, oh, we don't have spiritual debt. We're perfect. So like, and like to have, that's very like a very toxic mindset, you know? Um, It it can cause you to be complacent and overlook your own flaws that could possibly be like salvific, you know? Yep. I agree with you on that. Um, Okay. So let's get back to Mark. That was a good, that was a good little talk. That was good. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. So, towards the end, after he goes into the wilderness, and I will not lie, this is the only reason I don't really like Mark. Oh, another backstory about Mark. Mark is written for the um, 
Roman Catholics or Roman okay. Romans. Um, Matthew is written for the Jews. John is written for new believers, and I think Luke is written. I forgot what Luke, who Luke is written for, but each of them, because I always used to question why is there four counts, but it's because of the fact that Matthew uses language that Jews understand, Mark uses languages that the Romans understand, and John uses it in a simplest, simple way. I think that's why mm-hmm. a lot of people like John out of the all the Gospels, because. Because I always wondered why is it that the first, the the first, basically the entire chapter of the first entire chapter of um, Matthew is a backstory. It's like the lineage of Jesus. It's like, hold up, no other, no other book has this. So what is going right. on? And um, this is probably the oh that and the, what I'm about to go into are probably the only reasons I like Matthew. No hate against it. It's just um, I much rather John. John is a lot right better in yeah, my opinion. John, yeah, because like you know, you said like John is like catered toward new believers, yeah. and like you know, as like Christians, like when we ex- get new believers into like our faith, we should like treat them with love and just like you know, yeah. um, like teach them gracefully about um our Savior, and you know, John is like all of it is based on love too. So yeah, yeah. yep. Um, so what I'm talking about is in the, in the book of Mark, it just says that he was tempted for 40 days and 40 Um. days by Satan. But in Matthew, it goes into depth. It talks about the temptations themselves. It talks about how Jesus, he went on a mountain and Satan was like, throw yourself off the mountain. And if you are God that you proclaim to be, the angels will come and save you. Then he takes him to another highest point and is like, Look at all these kingdoms. I will give all of these to you if you just get down on your knees and bow down to me. Worship me. Right? Then my personal favorite is those first days when he got hungry. He hadn't Mm -hmm. eaten for days. And the devil came. This was the first temptation of the devil where he said, if you are God, turn these stones into bread and you may eat. And I love Jesus' response. And something that I've learned that as Christians we are also supposed to do is basically quote the Bible in response to certain things. Not to everything, but to certain things we should be able to quote the Bible. And he says, For it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that exceedeth out of the mount of God. Some versions say proceedeth, but it's basically everything that God speaks that's what we're supposed to live by. Not just the food day by day, but right. by everything that's that God good. says. And I love yeah. that specific, it is written. Because there's others where he talks about um, bowing down. I can't remember that the others, but that one stuck with me. And I honestly, I'm still trying to figure out why that one stuck with me. But I think it stuck with me really, at least right now, I feel like it stuck with me because of the fact that it's talking about how... Um, where to lean on God. Completely yeah. lean on him for all our answers, all our problems. Mm-hmm. Just completely lean on him for everything. And that's the only yeah. that's probably the only part of Matthew and that first part about the lineage that I really enjoy about Matthew. The temptations mm-hmm. and that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the temptation was just like especially the the, the one about the bread. 
It's like when when Satan sees that you're like, because when you're hungry, like, I've ever felt like you're so hungry that like you're you're just weak. You can't like you you you're like your your body feels like you have like no nutrition. Yep. Um, and like you know, it's like in like with that analogy, like Satan comes to you when you're like how do I say this? Like you're dependent on something. Like you're you're not spiritually strong. Yep. Um, when you like like especially like what the loss a loss of a loved one. Like, Satan will come and try to, like, you know, put thoughts in your head because you know that, like, you're in a weak spot. But as we know, like, um, the word of God is, like, he quoted scripture. He just quoted scripture. Um, and, like, how are we supposed to quote scripture if we don't know it? So that's why, like, it's important to quote, I mean, put as, like, many Bible verses to your memory, you know? Yeah. Because um, there will be a time we won't have a physical Bible with us. Yeah. There's a part I've always I've always heard that, and honestly, I agree with it wholeheartedly. The only problem I've always had with quoting them to, like, ingraining them in my mind, is um, the length and the uninterest in them. So what I've tried to do, and what I've realized that a lot of Christian artists does, is they put the verse in a song. Mm. So I've been listening to a lot more of. Bible verse songs like there's this song called Sam's 23 I can't remember it because I'm still trying to learn it but there's this song called Sam's 23 recently Maverick City they've been kind of doing that um elevation worship and what what really bugs me is that as Seventh-day Adventists we are always complaining about how we don't outreach enough but I'm watching these Sunday churches like Maverick City and Elevation Worship. They're reaching people through music. They're reaching people through exactly. Instagram, through all these things. It's just like, what's so different about them versus us? It's just that we say that we're doing the right, the right, you know? Right. So it's like, it's not like they're, they have so much more funding than us because the Seventh-day Adventist Conference got money. For real, right. for real. Like, I've been to some, I've been in the countryside and seen some white churches and I'm like, you got two stories with all these acres of land around you? I'm like, and all of this is y'all's? I'm like, come on, bro. Build a bigger house. Do something. Like, create a community center, a youth center, a school. But, you know, and um, these are all things that God will judge us on. And I'm really praying that I, when I get to that age... I'll still have these moments or these thoughts and don't fall into the trap of what's going on today of not do all talk and no changes, you know? Right, right, right. That's something that I feel really like, worries me. Yeah. With, I feel like the difference between like Sunday churches and um, us, 7-Eleven, is like, is the mindset. It's just like, we have to find a way to change our mindset. Like some, some like, we need a, a revival or something, you know? Yeah. So like, let's understand. Open our minds, you know. Yep. There's this song that I would highly suggest you listen to, by this guy named Caleb McCoy. It's a little off topic, but it's alright. Um, by Caleb McCoy, it's called "A Painting of Peace," and mm. he talks about in like the first few verses. In the first verse, actually, not even the first few verses. He's like, um, he's talking about peace, and then he says this word called shalom. I was I was mm. like, what is shalom? And then he defined it. He was like, shalom is doing exactly what God has called you for. 
And I was like, mm. that is perfect. And he was talking about, um, you know how in Revelation it talks about how things will have to get louder before they get quieter? Like wars yeah. and all these kind of things. All this craziness is going to happen before God comes. Um, mm -hmm. That's basically what he said. The peace that we're seeking, the peace that we think is peace, is not really peace. And yeah. um, I was telling somebody that while I was down in St. Thomas, I was like, you know, peace is the peace that God offers is the peace different to what we want. We want a peace where there's no conflict. But God's peace is probably the most conflict you'll ever go through in your life. Mm -hmm. But That's with God's true. peace, it's like. It doesn't phase you. The conflict doesn't phase you because you know at the end of the day that God's got your back, that God is working in you and in that person and he's leading yeah. your direction and stuff. So you're like, man, you're just talking. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but that's not what my God is about. That's not what because I've heard a few because um, I used to go to public school for a while and I've heard a few of um, my friends at public school and they're like. Oh, well, I, I'm not going to lie. I was always ashamed to say I was a Christian or a Seventh-day Adventist. I kind of was ashamed yeah, of God because um, yeah, I wanted to sure. fit in. So I was like, I don't really mess with God like that. And I was like, so I would do I would do the stuff of public school. And I was kind of like that um, Saturday Christian. You know, those Christians that mm. during the week they do all the wrong. And then on Sabbath, they act all high and mighty yeah. and holy. Mm -hmm. I wasn't high and mm -hmm. mighty and holy, but, you know, I would act like I was completely right. different, you know. So one of them was like, um, God's not real. And he looked at me and was like, right, Kareem? And I was like, oh. <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to say the words God's oh, not real. Because I knew in my heart, there are certain phrases that I refuse to utter based on the fact that I've learned about the forgettable, unforgivable sin. And I, and the Bible isn't explicitly clear about it, but I feel like openly denouncing God is the unforgivable sin. Because God doesn't give up on us, like, at all. He doesn't give up on nope. us at all. Like, we can yeah. do absolutely the worst, and he still wouldn't give up on us. But he doesn't stay in an environment that he's not welcome in. Mm. So if you openly denounce him, it's basically saying you're not welcome here. Right. And I've always felt that even though God, even though I've felt that God is far, I've never said you're not, you don't love me or um, I've always, I felt it, but I've never said that because I know that he does based on my upbringings and what I've read in the word, you know? Exactly. So, yeah. I feel like those are things that we need to share with new Christians, our personal experiences and our struggles. But we always try to hide them for some reason. We always try to put on this perfect face. But um, something that we fail to realize is that the perfection is what drives them away. Yes. Because they think that they have to be perfect to get initiated. Because they think we're a cult. For some reason, they think that Seventh-day Adventism is a cult. So it's like, I got to be perfect to get in here and all that. But, you know, yeah. it's whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, it's like it's hard to relate to someone that's like, 
says like, oh, I do this. Like they, do, they tell, they said that they do everything right. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to relate to someone like they don't ever struggle at all. So it's like we don't have to show them perfection. Like we show them like our struggles. That like, we be honest, yes, it is hard. Mm-hmm. But then we show them the victory that um we have through Christ. You know, encouraging them. I've always said this, and um, I can't wait to like make it like a t-shirt or put it on something that's going to reach a lot of people. Following God is both the easiest and the hardest thing to do. Based on the fact Mm -hmm. that we are to be in a world that doesn't expect God, that doesn't accept God, but we're to share him. How do you share something with someone that is basically openly saying that they don't care yeah <laughs> it's like so well hard. That, it's so difficult but yeah it's like but since like you have to do it you know because like god god he won't he won't abandon you like he won't just like leave you alone even That's though it so may true. feel like it he's there you know yeah. but in reality like that that is difficult it's like yeah. the same thing like talking to somebody when you know they're not listening to you and um, back to forgiveness, which leads back into Mark 1. See, it, it all wraps itself back around, you know, comes yeah. back full circle. Uh, you don't want to worry about it. We're good. Yeah, it, you know, we're just having fun talking about it, you know. God is a broad, honestly, talking about God is a broad topic in any, in any form. Because it leads to, you can talk about love, which is going to lead to um, outreach, which could lead to finance, which could lead to... Talking about God can lead anywhere, and it all exactly. stays within God, which is yeah. probably why I started this podcast specifically about God, because you basically never run out of topics. You never run out of things to say about God, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, verses 14 to 15, that's where we're at right now. Um, right. It talks about, what it's talking about is John has been placed into prison. He has gone to prison. Um, now this is not the first time John will be placed in prison well this is the first time that the Bible mentions it but later on during Jesus' story um, we do learn that he does go in prison again during the reign of um, Queen Bathsheba and the king I can't remember the king's name but basically um, that's what's happening and he gets beheaded sadly Ooh, spoilers. Why am I spoiling it? <laughs> but y'all will forget by the time <laughs> that this comes out. Anyway, so, um, but he's placed in prison and Jesus has come out of the wilderness and he is going into Galilee to proclaim the good news of God. Um, so at the, at this current moment, we have not found out what that good news is as of yet, but he has, he's going around spreading the good news of God. Um, he's saying that the time has come and that the kingdom of God is near and we have to repent and believe the good news. Um, something that is really different from, um, what Jesus was proclaiming and what Jesus and what John was proclaiming. Sorry. John was proclaiming that you need to repent and be baptized. Jesus is proclaiming you need to repent and believe in the good news. And I must mm-hmm. say, because I feel like as Seventh-day Adventists, we always push baptism. 
we always push that you need to be baptized. You need to do this. You need to. Um, and I must say that it is, it appalls me because I wanted to get baptized at the age of six. And although, yes, I will admit, six, I was immature. And six, I probably wouldn't have been making a sound decision to get baptized. But still, I don't think you should ever tell anyone no matter what age they are, that you're too young or too old to be baptized. Because that's what they told me. They were like, you're too young to get baptized. And I was like, wow. So God has an age limit on when I can get Mm -hmm. baptized? So it kind of threw me off. I was like, okay, you know what? Fine, whatever. And I kind of just threw it away. I was like, I just probably won't get baptized then because obviously there's an age limit and I haven't reached that age limit. And then I was about eight seven or eight, a few years later, and um, I went again. And something that I feel is really bad that they do, I mean, it's good in the sense of kind of helping us understand, but I feel like that shouldn't hinder you from getting baptized, is that you are required to do at least six Sabbaths of Bible study. And I was like, wow, really? In the Bible, they were just straight up baptizing people. You should walk up to them and they baptize. We, when you go to camp, what do they do? They preach and talk about it. Then they have an altar call. And then yeah. they're like, does anyone want to come to the front and get baptized today? Yeah. Right now. And yeah, then, like, you know. Exactly. And then, you know, they stand up there for a few more minutes. And they're like, um... I know there's somebody else out there that wants to get baptized. Come on down. And um, like 20, 30 minutes later, you're getting baptized. There's no time for Bible study. This They might pull you aside and have a conversation with you and be like, um, are you sure this is something that you want to do? Because this is a serious commitment, not just to yourself, but also to God. Um, baptism is not something to be played with, played around yeah. with and all that stuff. Of course, they have that conversation, but they're not spending six hours, seven hours in a room with a Bible and some pamphlets talking about God. No, they're t- they're baptizing you. And then they're like, okay, what church do you want to do it in? You can choose not to do associate with a church, which I found out after I got baptized. But I was like, mm-hmm. okay, whatever. Um, you can choose not to associate with a church. And there's Bible study afterwards. And I feel like that's what, that's what Jesus was doing. He was baptizing... And then he was preaching. That's what John was doing. He was preaching repentance and baptism. And then he was like, let's keep preaching. Stick around for the aftermath. Right. Yeah. Right. I feel like it makes more sense to, now that I'm thinking about it, is to like get baptized and then do the studies. Like, I don't know. Like that makes more sense you know to get more knowledge because i think and rain um from our class from our junior class she's not baptized as of yet i pray to god that she finds a church or someone that will be willing to baptize her and her whole thing is you know those vows that we have to say before yeah in front Uh of the whole church about how that um I do believe that Jesus is the one true God. I do believe in the Seventh-day Adventist church and all that kind of stuff. And her whole thing is that she doesn't want to be 
basically confined to the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And I can understand that, you know. Um, everyone has their own journey without with figuring out what denomination or what religion they want to be a part of. So I could understand that. and But I feel like that shouldn't hinder some... Because they disagree with that or because they don't want to take those vows, I don't think that's something that should hinder them right from baptism because god god says it in his word later on we'll talk about it um i think it's actually mark mark 2 i think actually not even mark 1 but he talks about how um the the doctor doesn't go to the healthy he goes to the sick which is Mm. why he is there for Mm. the unsaved not the saved you know the ones that don't know about him not the ones that do know about him because that defeats the purpose of his coming. It's like exactly. It's like going to, it's like a basketball player, a retired basketball player, going back to the league as a rookie. It makes zero <laughs> sense. It it defeats the yeah. purpose of right the draft. It defeats the purpose of the entire enterprise. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, it makes zero sense. Yeah, that's that's true. Yep. Like so. um, Jesus did that. Like, he quoted that. He said, "Like, I like I go to like the sick and like not the healthy, like the ones who are like spiritually, like they're missing it. They don't spiritually dead, kind of. You know." Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So next week or week after, we'll figure it out. But next time we'll have an episode with Jelani again, finishing up Mark one, um, starting at verse sixteen to twenty. And I'm going to continue talking about that. And I hope you guys were blessed by both our conversations off topic and on topic there. And I hope that everything was a blessing in some way, shape or form. Thank you for joining us this week. And I hope to see you next week.